Welcome to Raw of the Lions. We have a very special uh, podcast. Football is just around the corner. Um, so here on Raw of the Lions, we are looking at the NFC North and we're taking a bit of a view from the enemy. And tonight, I'm very grateful to have Ryan from Bear Down Report with us to talk Chicago Bears. How are you doing, Ryan? Steve, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, really appreciate it and uh, ready to talk some smack about the NFC North. Let's do it, man. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. So you're over in Chicago at the moment? Yes, I am. Just out, just outside in the suburbs. Yep. And so my, my first question I, I have to ask, and this is a bit of a loyalty test for you in terms of how you feel about Chicago. And I'm not telling you how to live your life or what choices to make, but just think about the city of Cincinnati. You're Ryan Dengel. There's, there's got to be an opportunity there. You could be Dengel the Bengal. <laughs> are you not tempted by that uh no not even a little bit i've actually i've been to cincinnati it's a nice little town uh it's it's you know for for you know the little downtown that they have sure it's <laughs> good good for them and and no Bengals. no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and pass on that one it just rolls off the tongue though it's it it does it, it doesn't fight yes. but no. okay <laughs> stick with the bad and yeah, yeah. We, we let's talk a bit about about um, Bear Down Report. So um, you said you've been going just over a year. Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible, Steve. That uh, I was really fortunate to be able to start um, the Bear Down Report with Mike Page, our founder, and a few other guys. Uh, and and it's really just kind of um, exploded, especially over the last couple of months. Uh, we we've been blown away by we have whole new set of Twitter followers, subscribers, listeners to our podcast, uh, watchers of the videos that we put out, all the content. We've got a lot of stuff. It's kind of that one-stop shop for all things Chicago Bears. And uh, it's just, it's been a fun ride. And we're, we're just, we're just uh, really excited. Um, and opportunities like this, you know, to connect with people from, from all over the world. It's always good to talk with other fans. And what, what is, what's the kind of differential for you then at Bear Down Report? What, what do you like to What's your kind of niche that you, you, you kind of got for yourself? So I am the host of the Bear Down Report podcast, uh, but I also do a bit of writing as well. Um, and uh, it's uh, we, we do both a, um, a post-game show as well as I usually try to line up a guest when talking about, you know, who, whoever the Bears are playing that week. I'll get to kind of bring them in, um, as well as we've been fortunate enough to have some historians and uh, actually quite a few people from, from the UK. And we actually even have one of our writers is actually from Melbourne, Australia. Um, and so he's writing about the Chicago Bears in Melbourne, Australia, just like you guys are writing over uh, in the UK. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, it feels like the NFL has really grown internationally, and I think possibly games in Germany soon. That that could will that will bring a whole new language to the NFL. So it'd be interesting to see what what happens with that. I, I've heard so many German fans are diehard NFL fans, and maybe that goes back to NFL Europe. I'm not really sure, but um, I, I'd love to see it, man. See the game expand. Cool. And 
let's just start before we get into kind of 2021 let's cast our minds back to last season it seems so long ago um and just a bit of a thought and a few takeaways from last season so I mean the Bears got off to this incredible start I mean it's such an overused term roller coaster season but I mean hey last season was crazy for the Bears you got off to a five and one start everyone was kind of saying you know the Bears are massive frauds and but you know, then you you then beat Tampa Bay. I mean, you absolutely terrorised Tampa Bay. Um, made Brady look very average. Yep, the four. Um, I'm sure you'll come back to that in, in a sec. And then you had had this like incredibly bad run um, of like six games. But then you you picked it up at the end. Finished eight and eight. Um, scraped into the playoffs as the sort of seventh team, and you know, kind of like came to a stop. Came up against the Saints. What? What are the kind of takeaways from you last season? Do you, now that you've had a bit of time to reflect, do you look at with sort of more fondly or be annoyed that it kind of finished the way it did? Steve, that's a great question. I think, you know, eight and eight, it's not possible anymore, which is just crazy to think about. I'm still having a hard time with that, but I just don't think it was good enough. Uh, yeah. I think that um, Bears fans were really upset. I think we all knew that it wasn't a real playoff run, um, but the people that look at Matt Nagy, the Chicago Bears head coach, and they say, this guy has made the playoffs two out of three years that he's been with Chicago. I think a lot of Bears fans are calling into question that thinking Vic Fangio's defense was the one that really carried the Chicago bears in 2018, 2019, they had quite a fall off. And then in 2020, they snuck in with an extra playoff spot that really wasn't a playoff spot. They lost to the saints. uh, And actually the finish to the season was a brutal loss to the green Bay Packers. And then a brutal loss to the saints. Um, Bears fans kind of thought the sky was falling, especially as they signed Andy Dalton to a $10 million contract. If it wasn't for the 2021 draft, I don't, I I don't know how Bears fans would be feeling going into this season, but things made a big change. Yeah. So when I kind of look at, um, you know, I kind of study the media and see what's going on on the fan sites and the the news sites that Bears preseason is very much split by one certain point because pre-draft oh my god it's a burning dumpster fire of a preseason because 100 you've, you've got the whole um trying to make a play for russell wilson that kind of all blowing up massive burst sort of exposed by the media i can't remember where they had a, a meeting it was like the most remote location but it seemed that every single nfl correspondent seemed to find out about it he then went for Kenny Golladay and he ended up going to the Giants um Ryan Pace then goes on this kind of like dumpster dive of kind of like free agents um which we'll come on to in, in a minute but then the draft just seems to have you know oh and Kyle Fuller cutting Kyle Fuller which was you know I think at one point Eddie Jackson tweeted out like a facepalm emoji and then kind of deleted it. But you can kind of see how the, the players are feeling about this. But then the draft seems to have cured everything. Man, it, it, this, is, this is true Bears fashion, Steve. I'm not making this up. I forgot about Russell Wilson until you said that right now. That's how long this offseason has been, and that's how ecstatic we are. I mean, you could see it. The, the shirt that I'm wearing, Justin Fields, um, the, the hype is real. 
uh, Bears fans were ready to burn it to the ground. Mitchell Trubisky had a lot of flaws. I think there are a lot of Bears fans, myself included, that thinking that if given the right opportunities, you could have won more games with him. But hey, it didn't happen. He's gone. He's in Buffalo. He's a backup now. Uh, Kenny Galladay, that one was a bit of a head scratcher considering Bears fans love Allen Robinson and they want to see him signed to a long-term deal. Going into the draft, I think every Bears fan was thinking the same thing. Unless the Bears pick up one of these top quarterbacks and somehow an offensive tackle, we're ready to burn this thing to the ground. You spend $10 million on Andy Dalton and you lose Kyle Fuller. At, at a point, I'm, gonna th- I'm thinking, why I'm going to burn my jerseys to the ground. What are you guys thinking? But now... Somehow, someway, Ryan Pace was able to land both Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins. Every Bears fan was thinking, hey, at 20, if the Bears draft Tevin Jenkins, they'll be pretty pleased with that. Somehow, someway, Ryan Pace was able to deliver both Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins, obviously losing a whole lot of mid-round draft picks. But man, the hype is real. And early reports sure seem to be trending well for Justin Fields. Tevin Jenkins hasn't yet taken the field, but it is still a little bit too early to just hit the panic button about that one. Yeah, the, the thing with the, the draft and, and I guess like the, the machinations of Ryan Pace is I always think with Ryan Pace, there's a yin and a yang. So, you know, you... Draft Tevin Jenkins at number two uh, in the second pick when everyone had projected him mid to late first round. So that's a huge upside. But then you let go Charles Leno. And I think you saved nine million pounds in cap space. But all of a sudden, you're putting all this pressure on Jenkins. You know, he's the left tackle now. You, you don't have another left tackle. It's it's a little concerning for sure, Um, but I also think and and I don't know how many of my my friends that are Bears fans are going to agree with this is that I don't think there are super high expectations for this season. It is development. It is um, an opportunity. I want Justin Fields to play, but I want Justin Fields to play when he's ready and when the opportunity is right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Andy Dalton is not known for his mobility, uh, while Justin Fields is known for his mobility. Obviously, the tackle situation is a big question mark. I think that Tevin Jenkins is going to be a really good starter. Obviously, you guys got Sewell. You've you've got the better tackle. There's there's no two ways about that. But I think down the road, I maybe two years. I think maybe possibly even next year, the Bears could have a really solid situation. They were also really high in Larry Borum, um, getting him out of the fifth round out of Missouri, just a mauler, just a, a big mm-hmm. bully at tackle. And, you know, having two, two rookies on your outside is not a recipe for winning a lot of, a lot of games. However, you look at Tampa Bay and Tristan Wirfs, right? they were able to get away all the way to the Super Bowl and, and win it. Um, even though uh, if, if you do get a chance to see what Khalil Mack did to Tristan Wirfs, um, it's, I think it's illegal in about three different countries, uh, throwing him around like a rag doll. I, he I kind of like hip tossed him, didn't he? He was like a, you know, in the, the Royal Rumble when they like hip toss someone <laughs> over the top right, it was a bit like that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. It was fun for all Bears fans to watch. Obviously, we cried that uh, that that team won the Super Bowl and we beat them. But hey, you know what it is? That's the nature of, of, of the NFL. Yeah, it, uh, that game, I think it was week five, um, 20, 20 against 19. I think you just scraped a win. But I, I mean, 
Brady was shook. I mean, there's no doubt Brady was shook. I think you had like about 19, 20 pressures. Khalil Mack, I think, had two sacks. It, it was as though you'd drawn up the blueprint for how to beat Tampa Bay, but no one else seemed to be able to execute it. Especially not Green Bay. I just want to put that out there uh, just, just one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, the, the heart of the Bears' defense is their front seven. And especially with Eddie Goldman coming back, and I, you know, I don't want to, to hop too much here, but uh, there's a lot of cause for optimism because Bilal Nichols, who was kind of taking that position last season, got better and better and better and better as the year went on. Um, and so, you, you know, giving Khalil Mack an opportunity to do what he does best, which is rush the passer. I also think, you know, thinking about the 2020 season, Khalil Mack was asked to do something that he's not fantastic at, which is like dropping into coverage. He's not a coverage linebacker. He's a pass rusher. Um, And watching him do that at Bears fans were very, very frustrated, but it didn't happen in the Tampa Bay game. Um, And I actually even think Tampa Bay took a little bit of a a look at that game to see um, what, what really unbelievably good pressure can do. And, and, you know, as you watch them in the playoffs, that's what they were able to do. So, so very well. Yeah, Let's, I, I just want to finish covering the draft. Um, we, we're definitely going to come on and talk about the defense. So I, ju- I just want to, from your point of view, I think you, you, you mentioned about your expectations from this season and you, know, you want to build, you want to give Fields time to settle in. The problem I see is that's like a real juxtaposition with what Nagy and Pace have to deliver. I mean, it is win now. Like when you look at the draft capital that they've given up, given away their like first round pick next year as well. Like they have to deliver. So, I mean, how many games do you think Dalton will start before they're looking at fields? I think everything changed the night of the draft. Um, And what I mean by that is I truly believe that Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy were both on the hot seat until they drafted Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins. They get at least one more season. Um, now if Andy Dalton reverts back to, you know, his last couple of seasons, I mean, he's going to get pulled at some point, but it, it, it would appear that Mitch Trubisky was put out way before he was ready and having Mike Lennon as, as a mentor is not a mentor. Um, it's just, he, it's he was just, like a bridge that collapsed. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think Andy Dalton can, can hold down the fort, especially with some of the offensive weapons that the bears have. I know that when people hear me say that they may chuckle a little bit, but there are some actual weapons on this team. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, while fans want Justin Fields right now today to, to start playing every single game and to break every bears record, I think deep down, we all know that, the 2021 season will probably more than likely be a developmental season. Um, and that the following year, looking at that 2022 season is when Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace will truly be on the hot seat. Uh, that season I think is more of a, a do it or you're fired season. Now let's say they only win three or four games, which I just don't see happening. Then of course, I think we're, we're, we're looking at a vastly different story. But, but that's the kind of question, isn't it? Is, if, if they play Andy Dalton all season and you end up missing the playoffs, can they legitimately turn around and say, well, it's a developmental season? Or do you think, I mean, bear in mind the Chicago media can be kind of like brutal. Do you not think that, say, if they go two and four in the first six games, 
there would just be such a clamor to start fields. I think the Bears front office, the McCaskey family especially, um, the, the owners of the Bears have people that they really like. And I think that they're willing to hold on a little bit longer than, than what Bears fans may like. Um, you know, the, the Jerry Angelo, the former GM of, of the Chicago Bears, uh, was here for far too long. And I think, you know, they develop relationships with these individuals. Uh, I think Ryan Pace, regardless of what happens this season, is here for sure. Uh, they really like him. They've invested a lot of time and effort into him. And he's, you know, like some of the, the ideas that he's brought, you know, developing House Hall into um, the, the place where the Bears have training camp. All that stuff screams Ryan Pace. Um, and, I, and I really believe that, that he's got a slightly longer leash than Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, on the other hand, the offensive genius has yet to produce a good offense. And so if I, if you really pressed me, I would say Ryan Pace has at least two more years where Matt Nagy is a little bit more on that hot seat, exactly what you're kind of talking about, Steve. Yeah, and I mean, let's not forget that Andy Dalton isn't the worst quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, he had a bad season last year, but he was at a terrible Cowboys team. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you think about the around the NFL um, podcast, they always joke that, like, you know, on the Dalton scale, that Dalton is like the absolute median of all quarterbacks. You know, he, he kind of is the midpoint. And I don't think that's like an unfair comparison. So a, a, mid, a middle of the road Dalton has got to be better than a really up and down Trubisky. Or, or, or a really bad Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles played abysmally for most of the season last year. Now, we know he's going to blame the offensive line that was hurt for most of the year, um, but he just didn't play very well. And but but so, he, he did have the heart. If you look at the fixtures of um, Foles and Trubisky, Foles played in like the real tough fixtures at the start of the season, and Trubisky came in at the end when you're playing like you know Houston and Jacksonville. Absolutely. You know, I, I think there, there's a few things. If, if you look at their, their, their career numbers, they're very similar. Like if you just look at in terms of pure stats, quarterback rating and all those things, they're very, very similar. The difference is that Mitch Trubisky's uh, ability to run with the football opened up the run game for David Montgomery later on in the season. It, it, you know, in today's NFL, unless you're Tom Brady, right? The, the, you need the ability to truly run the football. And if you look when Mitch Trubisky is inserted back into the lineup, David Montgomery explodes onto the scene, right? Fifth in the NFL in rushing 1,070 yards, eight touchdowns. The guy was electric and Bears fans are super excited about, you know, him kind of coming back in the offense and just kind of going back to your point. I think a lot of Bears fans truly believe that even a mediocre quarterback like Andy Dalton could elevate this offense enough to win them and maybe a few more games. The, the funniest stat is that when you beat the Bucks, the total rushing yards in that game for the Bears was 35. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not Chicago bear football. And I know that sounds absurd to say, but you know, when, when Matt Nagy ran the ball seven times against the saints uh, in 2019 bears fans were, were, were livid, especially if you've got a guy like David Montgomery who needs more carries uh, and the more carries he gets, the better he is at running the football. You know, I think that's another thing is we're hoping, hoping, 
because Matt Nagy's past would seem that he wants to throw the football, throw the football, throw the football. Uh, but the three-headed monster of David Montgomery, um, Damian Williams, and Tariq Cohen, that, that sounds like an actual a run game. And it, it could be a run-first offense. You know, we'll, we'll be curious to see what kind of happens with that. Yeah, I mean, Montgomery, he went off for like over a 1,000 yards, 4.3 yards per attempt. So, you know, he had a great season, but the depth chart does look... I mean, Damian Williams is kind of injury-prone, so it, it it's a little sparse behind him. And, and same with wide receiver. Um, you've obviously just um, traded... Uh, I think Anthony Miller's gone to the Texans. Thankfully. Very, very happy about that decision. Um, uh-huh. And But so that kind of leaves Alan Robinson, who's obviously kind of like a cut above a, a, a receiver. Um, but that's quite a big ask for sophomore like Darnell Mooney to kind of step up to wide receiver too this year. Well, I, w- I would say that Bears fans are, are really excited. And I think rightfully so about Darnell Mooney. If you watch Darnell Mooney's, he's got the speed and you have to have the speed in the NFL, but he's really got it. I think the thing that stands out more about his game that doesn't get enough notice is his ability to run routes. There were more than a few times where he would get wide open and Mitch Trubisky would miss him because Mitch Trubisky's strength is not the deep ball. Uh, and I think that, you know, having over 600 yards, setting the bears, uh, record for rookie receivers um, has a lot of Bears fans very excited about it that Darnell Mooney appears to be in the right place at the right time and make really good cuts whereas Anthony Miller was supposedly never in the right place that the the guy had great speed great talent um, but just couldn't get his head around the playbook and that's not a guy that I want to stay on this team especially with the fact that he punched a player wearing a helmet um, after he was warned don't punch the guy wearing the helmet um and so wasn't he um, the second bears receiver to (laughs) steve that hurts that you know that yes yes as a matter of fact he was uh javon wims who is also still on the bears as of right now but i think a lot of bears fans think that he might be a cut or a a late you know preseason trade we'll we'll see what happens with that i I guess it's a bit like you know when you get a firework and it's hot kids and they they touch it and ow and then the, someone else has to touch it just to see if it's hot. A bit like that. You know, what, yeah. One punch. <laughs> is it, uh, the, Saints, the Saints guy, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. It was the same player, which they'd played earlier in the season. They'd been warned about, and it, and it just didn't work out. You know, I, and, and just sorry, just, just really quick, I think Bears fans are also very excited about, you know, Jimmy Graham. When I say that, I think most NFL fans are going to laugh out loud, and they're like, you can't be excited about Jimmy Graham. Do you know that Jimmy Graham had nine touchdown receptions last season, including the playoffs? And then Cole Komet, his development, obviously having Tree Cohen back out of the backfield. I think there are some weapons on this team. As, and, Let's and not forget Jesse James. Jesse James uh, seems to be lighting it up. It seems to be lighting it up in, in, uh, in, in camp right now. People keep talking about it. And then Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin, who are, let's just put it mildly fast for two guys. Yeah. Those guys I, are track stars. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if, so if, they can, if they can keep um, Marquise Goodman fit, I mean, he's going to be a massive asset. Um, and yeah, Bird as well. Um, I think he was at the Patriots last year and had like one of his better seasons. Yeah, about 600 yards. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you get that kind of production, again, that's that replaces Anthony Miller with a guy who probably will be in the right place at the right time and won't yeah. hopefully punch 
a player wearing a helmet? I've I've attempted to get Marquise Goodwin to my fantasy team for about the last two years, and I just keep giving up because he's like always injured. <laughs> but maybe this year, yeah. you know, he he'll, he'll stay healthy. Fingers crossed. Um, and and O line, um, obviously you've got Jenkins has come in, Cody White had a really good season last year. Uh, do you kind of do you feel you've got enough on the O line to kind of establish the run now? I think the two biggest question marks at the Bears are having right now is offensive line and their secondary. Mm-hmm. And so offensive line. Oh, we're going to talk it, about the secondary. Don't worry. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I think the, the offensive line, um, you know, in an ideal world, you have Tevin Jenkins and then maybe you, you have uh, someone with a little bit more experience on the right side, but the interior, and I don't know that this gets enough credit. I think that once this was solidified last year of, of Cody Whitehair, uh, Sam Mustafer, and uh, James Daniels coming back, um, that interior three of guard center guard is is really good and, and bodes well for a good running game. But obviously those those tackles are a big question mark. And in today's NFL, that's, that's not a good thing to be worried about what your tackles are going to do. Um, so we're, we're going to see. I wouldn't be shocked if after that, you know, third preseason game, fourth preseason game, if the Bears try to pick up an experienced tackle, uh, just as, as someone that either either as a mentor to, to Jenkins or or maybe so kind of secures that spot for for this next season. Yeah. And I think looking at the at the roster, you know, if anything happens to Montgomery or, um, you know, Robinson, you that's the problem is it, the depth starts quite thin. I, I, I do understand exactly what you're saying. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but again, I think, you know, if you talk to bears fans, Darnell Mooney is the one because it's, it's long-term he's so young that we're, we're really excited about Khalil Herbert coming in um, as a rookie this season, Ryan pace for all of his faults, which there are many, Anywhere between fourth, fifth, sixth round, he has found some absolute gems. Um, thinking about Jordan Howard, thinking about Treek Cohen, think about Eddie Jackson, right? All of these guys that he's yeah. found have been really good. And so Khalil Herbert, um, Daz Newsom coming in as rookies, both of them coming in in the fifth round has Bears fans maybe a little more excited than they should be. And who do you think is going to be calling the plays this year? Because obviously, um, Nagy handed <laughs> over to Bill Lazor, but that wasn't a great success. I, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure why N- Nagy handed over in the first place because it kind of like is a vote of no confidence in himself. How, well, how do you well, think that's going to play out? Well, Steve, actually, and that's one I'm going to actually really strongly disagree with you. I think Matt Nagy is a very good play designer, but he's not a very good play caller. He doesn't have any consistency in what he's trying to do. He doesn't have um, a rhythm to it. Bill Lazor comes in and all of a sudden the Bears offense starts clicking, start doing the things that Mitch Trubisky does well, the play action, running the game, the run game and all that stuff. And then there were rumors towards the very end of the season that, again, that Green Bay and Saints game that Matt Nagy had taken play calling back. I would like very much to see Bill Lazor, especially if Andy Dalton is throwing the ball. I'd like to see a reunion with those two. In 2016, right, Andy Dalton has 4,000 yards, 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions. That's Bill Lazor. Those two clearly have a chemistry together and calling plays. And so if that's the case, I'd I'd like to see that. Good stuff. So let's um, let's turn our attention to the defense. Um, So think back 2018, it was the you know the second coming of the monsters of the midway. 
Um, you know, you just had that phenomenal season, got to the playoffs. Khalil Mack absolutely terrorised the entire NFL. Um, you know, according to you know, PFF, you ranked fifth um, on, on defence last season. Um, you know, and people kind of f- felt there was a bit of a drop-off. But, you know, it, when you think about the disruption um, in terms of, you know, dropouts and Akeem Hicks coming back from injury, Eddie Goldman... Um, but, do you kind of feel that the defense was maybe, maybe just criticised because it had to win games because the offense was struggling and and maybe the the defense was asked to do a bit much? They were definitely asked to do way too much. And then losing Akeem Hicks as well as Eddie Goldman, you know, to to opting out for the for the you know for COVID reasons. I mean, that really hurts. Akeem Hicks is maybe not the best player on the Chicago Bears defense, but he is the heart of that defense. Um, and then the other thing is Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano is a good guy, and I, I applaud him for all of his efforts, but he was not Vic Fangio. The difference between the defensive play calling of the two is is quite staggering, which is why a lot of us are very curious to see what's going to happen with Sean Desai. Sean Desai is the longest tenured assistant uh, Bears coach. Um, the guy is like next level smart. He's got a PhD. I mean, the, the, he's crazy, crazy smart. And Vic Fangio really wanted him as part of his defensive staff in 2019. And the Bears blocked the move, which he kind of thought, why is that happening? And now with him sitting in that top spot, we're kind of very hopeful that that happens. Like going back to what we were talking about earlier, the Bears front seven is, especially the Bears defensive line, you know, thinking about Bilal Nichols, Akeem Hicks, um, Mario Edwards Jr. um, And and just kind of going down the list, if the front four, front three, four, right, does their job, the front seven, excuse me, does their job, the Bears defense could be good, which I know we're going to be talking about that secondary. We'll hopefully maybe cover some of those holes in the secondary that we're a little worried about. Yeah, ju- just one word of warning. We, we tried a defensive genius, a rocket scientist at Detroit, and it didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. No, I think uh, the one thing that, that we're hoping for is that Desai is more aggressive uh, than, than Chuck Pagano, who, who always was trying to do this bend, but don't break. Yeah. Um, but, but there was a whole lot of breaking that ended up happening after a while. So P- Pagano retired in the off season and decides to come in. And I think he's brought he in a guy called retired. Chris re- retired. Um, and yeah. he's brought in this guy called Chris Rumpf, who was the outside linebackers coach at the Texans. Who's been coaching JJ Watt. So that could be an interesting addition. Well, you know, uh, we're hoping that with Robert Quinn um, being healthy this season, which he definitely was not healthy last season. And then a name that that really isn't on a lot of people's radar is Travis Gibson. Travis Gibson was was a late round draft pick. Um, and if you look at pictures, like just pictures of the guy, and I understand that physical attributes aren't everything, the guy has put on insane amounts of muscle over the off season. And just thinking that if there's anyone to push Robert Quinn, you know, to have any kind of pass rush outside of Cleo Mack could make the Bears a very, very dangerous team yet again on defense. Yeah, we, we said that when Jared Davis muscled up in the last offseason. And again, that, that didn't work out well. I'm seeing some familiarities, but let's, we For won't sure. get bogged down in the lines just yet. Yeah, no, the, the only thing I will say to that, my friend, is that you guys have been able to do offense. We've been able to do defense. And for some reason, the other teams just, we, we, it just doesn't transfer for some reason. It's very frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> and, very but, much so. 
but yeah, I mean, I mean, Eddie Goldman, I think Eddie Goldman's one of those guys that does all the dirty work in the trenches and doesn't really get the credit and maybe the stats don't really like play out what, what a good player he is. But yeah, I mean, like Mario Edwards Jr. was ranked third by PFF in his position and just had like an absolute monster season. I, I think the issue is continuity because I don't think you've had your first choice D-line, um, I think since the fifth game of 2019 was the last time that everyone was healthy. Yeah, and, and it's, it would appear as of right now that they are all healthy. Uh, so we're going to see what, what happens. Now, Akeem Hicks is getting a little bit older, um, but when he's healthy, when he's, when he's 100%, I mean, he is, he's scary. Like, I, 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 one man-to-man, like, I, I, I would, if he was running towards me, I would, I would cower. He's, he's just an intimidating physical specimen. And Eddie Goldman is the same way. And so I think that uh, if those guys can stay healthy, that, I mean, that's, that's the heart of the Bears defense. Yeah. Um, so Khalil Mack um, was recently interviewed um, and he talked about, is, is a, been in 110 regular season games, only three get playoff games which is not not win one and he said you don't get too many years in the nfl too many chances to win ball games and too many chances to get to the playoffs and go all the way i understand that now going into year eight time is of the essence so you know you, you kind of he seems to be saying you know we need to win now as well do, do you think mac will still be here in a year's time I, I do. I think the Bears have invested far too much into him to, to let him go. I think the Bears would very much like to see him finish his career as a Chicago Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he, he's kind of earned that in, in the, the short time that he's been here. He's done everything that they've asked him to do, even when he's been injured. And the production has dropped a little bit due to him being asked to do things that are outside of his skill set. Uh, I, I, I think that the Bears will do better this year than some people are predicting. Um, but I still don't, I, I think next year is, is really what they're setting up for. And so we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, Roquan Smith is another one that I'm, I'm genuinely very, very curious about if, if they can figure out a way to get him signed to a long-term deal. Um, he's just kind of continues that tradition of excellent middle linebackers out of the Chicago bears. Yeah. I mean, he's one player that, you know, if, if I was to pinch one player from your roster, Roquan Smith would be like right up there in, in terms of who I'd, I'd want to bring to the Lions, not just as a linebacker, but his coverage in the secondary is ama- amazing. Yeah. But when we were losing a lot of games last season, we, we really, if you go back and listen to our podcast, you'll hear, hey, what are we still paying attention to at this point? And two of our, our writers said, I still get to watch Roquan Smith play a linebacker, and that is worth the price of admission. Yeah. And uh, if you've seen the, the, Lions linebacker room at the moment. You'll you'll see why we covered him so so much. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, Mac Mac still had fifty seven pressures and ten sacks last year. You know, it it's this was not like a, a down year. It was just maybe just a little bit off by his own incredible standards that he set. Yeah, I I agree. And again, I I, I come back, and I don't want to sound like too much like a broken record, but the amount of us Bears fans that were watching and screaming every single time he's dropped back into coverage, you know, that's not what he does. And I understand that, 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 you know, sometimes a a defense calls for a player to do that, but it was too often that he's not doing what he's being paid very handsomely to do, which is rush the passer. Um, I, I think he's still, he's still a damn good player. 
I think you, you look at the Bears front seven and the, the absolute strength in there. You look at the linebackers, Rockwell Smith, Danny Trevathan, um, you know, the safety, you know, you, you mentioned um, to Sean Gibson, but I mean, Eddie Jackson is, is a pretty decent safety. So you're thinking to yourself, this defense is really coming together. And then you look at the cornerback room. Whew. It's, <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got, um, you know, Carl Fuller was like absolutely your number one corner. Um, I think, I'm not sure how much you saved, it's about 14 million in cap space. So I, I guess he kind of had to go. <clears throat> No, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't think any Bears fan is, is going to find a way to justify losing um, Kyle Fuller. But that I guy mean, was, he, 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 he I, I understand that there's a financial component to it, but I think there's a lot of other aging players that the Bears would have liked to see. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Um, he just, he's a guy that you don't hear a lot about because he doesn't say anything. He hardly ever gives interviews. He never said anything, but he was a good corner. He didn't get interceptions, but he also didn't allow a whole lot of completions. And that was the thing that we're all, I'm still, you could hear it in my voice, Steve. I'm still upset about losing Kyle Fuller. That, that guy was, was everything that you could want in a leader on defense, you know, and they asked him to take a big big pay cut and he said no because he's worth more than that and so yeah. it's it's really frustrating um i mean you know, J- jalen johnson did have a good rookie season but i mean particularly in a league with Devonte adams justin jefferson adam thielen it does seem a big ask to kind of put him into the the firing line at, at cornerback one 100 percent, without question uh, i i am of the belief that the bears front office are thinking that if they can get enough pressure with their front seven, that that alleviates some of that pressure because obviously opposite of Jalen Johnson, who did have a good rookie season, but also that shoulder that this is the second time he's gotten surgery on that shoulder. That that's not a good thing for a guy who's doing a whole lot of tackling. Um, But there is a name out there and I think Bears fans may be a little higher than they should, but Kendall Vildor, didn't play a whole lot last season, but in the time that he did play, he showed flashes that said, hey, this guy could be really good. He's the sixth, start- sixth round pick, isn't he? Yes, correct. And and uh, honestly, I'm a, I'm a guy that that watches. Uh, I, I love to watch when players get drafted, what happens. And I remember very distinctly, like reposting a tweet of, of him getting drafted. And so I love watching guys live their dreams and he liked it. And so that's one of those things that that I, I am forever linked to, to this guy. I'm pulling for Kendall Vildor. Um, I think he's got a lot of development to go as well. But I think that he's shown enough flashes that that maybe he beats out. Desmond Trufant, which as soon as I say that name, you guys will know. Um, I know. I mean, do you think you can beat out T's table? <laughs> I, it, I, there are the Bears right now have more cornerbacks uh, with with names that I don't know. Trey Roberson um, and and guys that that have been either drafted highly and haven't worked out or have shown some upside. I think they're, they're really hoping that one of these guys is going to pan out, but again, maybe just, as I said, with offensive line, watch for the bears to maybe either make a move at the offensive line, uh, you know, towards that fourth, third preseason game. When I say fourth, there is no more fourth preseason game. Excuse me. That's it's going to take me some time. (laughs) That third preseason game, watch them to try to either make a move at tackle or at cornerback. Yeah, just going back to your point on on Fuller, not not getting many interceptions. 
But when he was targeted, he only allowed 55% completion rate, which I think is like one of the highest in the league. Thanks, Steve. You're just taking salt and pouring in an open <laughs> wound, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, dude. Well, just <laughs> let's just hold that wound open for a bit because I just want I have to talk about the what I can only describe as a dumpster dive of ex Lions players that you've you've taken. So let me let me refresh your memory. So we've got uh, we've got two corners. We've got Tease Tabor, who I think was one of Bob Quinn's biggest draft busts. Desmond Truffaut, who I think in the few games that he did manage to limp onto the field, um, gave up about 13 yards a play. Um, Christian Jones, a linebacker who's kind of no, neither good at coverage, stopping the run or pass rushing. Um, Jesse James, who, well, he was kind of there last season, but I don't really know what he did. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that it? Are, are there any more? I don't, I don't know. Well, the only thing I'll say to Christian Jones is that actually he played well enough in Chicago to get a contract in Detroit and just kind of fell off. You know, given your guys' history of, of linebacker play and linebacker development, I don't know that I, I would really put much stock in, in Christian Jones coming back just because I think the Bears are, you know, one of the things that we've done well is linebackers and running backs. And I think, you know, Christian Jones in a, in a reserve role, which he's absolutely brought in to play reserve role, maybe some special teams. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that move for the cornerbacks. To, 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 to be honest, I think any, anyone that turns up at Matt Patricia's door and says that they're a linebacker <laughs> and it's like maybe had about like 400 kilograms of protein and they'll be like straight in. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We've got a contract for you. <laughs> Uh, Matt Patricia, man, I, I was, I was very sad to see him go. And I know Mitch Trubisky was very sad to see him go, uh, as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the Achilles heel of the, of the bears. If, if you can sort it out, that's a really good defense this year. It's, it's just a vulnerability just because, you know, Rogers and I mean, cousins, when he's playing well, you, you've, you've got some tough wide receiver ones to cover. Absolutely. Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson, they are the real freaking deals. Uh, you know, I think the, the one thing is that the Bears have done well against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and Kirk Cousins only having one win against the Chicago Bears in his entire career. Uh, but as for <laughs> the, you know, that, that team up north, as we like to call them, um, man, it just, it stinks. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're way more in the losing season, obviously with Rogers coming back it, you know, it, it, it is what it is, my friend. You've, you've just segued beautifully into the, the <laughs> NFC North. I think I did that, did it perfectly. Right. <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we kind of summed up the, the bears and, and, and anyone that we've missed, is there anyone we've not talked about, like maybe a roster addition or a free agent or, someone that, that's just gone into the radar that you, you think is going to have a, a bit of a breakout? I, I think, I like I said, you know, Tayshawn Gibson is the safety and mm. Travis Gibson is an outside linebacker. So, so oh, okay. guys that, that I would, I would take a look at um, would be Travis Gibson. Just, just maybe keep your eyes on him just to see what happens. And then, man, if Darnell Mooney looks half as good this season um, with competent quarterback play, I, I think that the bears are going to have a really nice one, two punch at wide receiver. Okay. So let's turn our attention to the rest of the NFC North. Um, and it's fair to say there's been a bit of melodrama 
in Wisconsin, <laughs> um, which is it's, it's kind of kept us entertained um, so much. But with like a crushing inevitability that Rogers is going to be back week one. I think that's it's been like a, a running joke, but one where the punchline is ultimately sour. That's how I've kind of looked at it. Well, Steve, can I ask before we get into this too far? Did you think he was coming back? Yeah, I, I, I always thought he was coming back. I think most most fans within the NFC North knew he was going to come back. I think we wanted him to not come back, yeah. um, but I think we all knew he was coming back. Though, if you look at their cap situation for next year, woof, they are in a brutal, brutal, brutal spot, and it's going to be a big, big fall. So if they don't make the Super Bowl this year, I mean, as a Packers fan, you – just watch out. Those next couple of seasons could be really, really tough for you guys. Yeah, I've got my take on Rogers lined up, but I'm just interested to hear your your take first. Go on, you to tell me how how you think it played out. Um, I think he had some legitimate gripes. As much as it pains me to say this, and I and I think deep down you know the same thing. He's one of the best quarterbacks uh, to to play the game over the last what 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, maybe even longer than that. The guy is truly special. And you know, I got to give credit to one of our writers, Corey Walsh. Uh, she brought this up, which was you know, if you think about the NFC North Championship game where the Packers decided to kick the field goal instead of giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers. I think that was the kind of the, the final nail in the coffin when he said, are, are you guys kidding me? What yeah. else do I have to do for you? Um, and so, you know, from a front office perspective, he embarrassed them, aired all of their dirty laundry. They have oh. to be really upset about that. But I think if, if all of us are being truly honest, what did he say that was an absolute falsehood, right? Like, what, what, like where was the lie in, in what he said? I think my issue with it is effectively what he's done is he's called out Brian Gudekunst for doing his job because isn't that what a GM has to do? A GM has to make tough decisions on cap space, on veterans. You know, Green Bay is kind of like a model franchise in terms of how it's been run for many, many years. And that's what a GM does. You, you have to make those tough decisions. And so I kind of didn't really understand why he was calling them out for making them because you know, you, he, he then read out a list of players that he felt had been like wronged and maligned. And none of those players you were like, why the hell isn't this guy still on the roster? Because they're all kind of, to me, you know, maybe give or take a season, but most of them had been moved on at the right time. And then just to kind of like undermine the argument. And this is where I, this is where my favorite bit of Rogers comes out because Rogers is like, you know, he's a diva. He's like full of melodrama, uh, borderline narcissist. There's a bit of sort of Machiavellian sort of um, playing behind the scenes and, and, and different narratives. And, you know, he's an absolute diva when it comes to all this. So he's talked having about, having his fiance tweet for him, possibly even that. Yeah, sorry. Um, constantly complaining about media attention, but then spending his entire off season playing golf with other superstar celebrities. <laughs> you know, I just need some time away, but I'm going to go and play golf with. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. 
so you know so he's, he's done all he's talked about you know how the, the franchise is running all these tough decisions and then the one concession or that you know, seems to be a kind of vanity project where he says I need the fifth best Houston Texans wide receiver on my team. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that just kind of show how shallow it all is? Steve, excellent points. But what I would say to that <laughs> is, think about this. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and two Super Bowls. That's it. How many trips to the NFC Championship? And I think that that guy has earned the right to say, Hey, I've helped carry you, literally carry you to, to not literally, I'm sorry. It's, you understand what I'm saying. He's, yeah, yeah. he's truly in a sense, carried that team to the NFC championship. And sometimes like just on, on, on his past ability and without him, Green Bay, I don't think that's a very good roster De- outside of Devonte Adams. I-, I understand that, you know, that they're in love with their, their running back room. I don't, I, I think the only reason those guys are truly great. I got to be careful here is because Aaron Rodgers is behind is behind center. So I, 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 I truly understand exactly what you're saying, but I think, you know, one of the things he brought up was these guys weren't even offered contracts and they weren't, they didn't ask, Hey, like, who do you think we should keep? You know, if, if a guy has, has earned that right and you get so close to the Super Bowl and then you don't make it, I think he does have a bit of, of gripe in, in what he's saying. But I think um, the other thing that I think that frustrates me is that it, it's all always about himself. And I don't, you know, I just don't get any help, you know, because he's, he's only got the best wide receiver, one of the top five running backs like the best left tackle in the NFC, you know, I mean, that's all he's got to work with. So it's always about him and he needs more weapons. But the reason he's not, uh, didn't get to a Super Bowl was because Kevin King couldn't cover, you know, and so surely it should be focused on the defense. And I think they took a guy called Eric Stokes uh, um, with their first pick who I've heard very mixed kind of things about, but surely the defense is is where green bay need to invest but it seems you know he's crying and saying he needs randall cobb it just doesn't stack up well here's the thing steve we're totally in agreement on that i don't like him i don't think he's a genuinely good person i don't think he's someone that i'd be like hey let's hang out right like nick Foles and andy dalton those are two guys like if you look at their track record in terms of charity work even mitch trubisky those are guys i would like to hang out with aaron Rodgers is is not one of those people i i I simply say all of this stuff in regards to his play on the field as 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 far as a as a as a guy i man as soon as he's done i'm 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 happy like okay if we're talking if we're talking about qbs for a beer i'd love to go out with phil rivers yeah (laughs) He'd trash talk you the entire time you were oh, there, but he wouldn't, but he yeah. wouldn't swear the entire time. <laughs> but, yeah. So I, I think Rogers has kind of revealed himself in this off season and, you know, the whole last dance thing, like you can kind of see where this is going. There's no way he's going to be at Green Bay next year because they need to get some trade value from him. I, I, I am going to try to be careful in how I say this. But the comparison between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen mm-hmm. to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams <laughs> is insulting. And, and, and I, I'm not even a big basketball person, but truly one of the greatest basketball players of all time, six-time you know, NBA champion to back-to-back guy- championships, 
gold medal in the Olympics with the dream team? Man, you know, I, I, I'm trying not to get too fired up about this one, Steve, but that, that really irks me. I understand the, the sentiment like, hey, this is going to be our last opportunity to do this together in Green Bay, mm-hmm. but find another way to say it. To, 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 and maybe that's you know, what he was thinking is, oh, this is our last dance, but you don't compare yourself to those two guys. End of discussion. So what, what do you think? So I, I think we're stuck with them. I think we're going to have to put up with his miserable, sulking, sourpuss face <laughs> for another year. And I'm sure he's going to throw for like 4,000 yards plus. And I, you know. We, we now all, with an extra game too. Uh, absolutely. The, my question is, what's the rest of the Green Bay locker room thinking? Like, do, you, do you really think that they're going to play for this guy when they know he's desperate to get out? They, yes. they know he, he's just looking for an exit. You know, Devontae Adams has obviously turned his head as well. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, surely it's going to cause some unrest, particularly when Lafleur calls a play he doesn't like. <laughs> well, then Aaron has the ability to change the play at the line or wherever else, where else it happens. I think uh, in the NFL, players know that there's a business side and that there is, uh, you know, there, there's the game. And I think that Aaron Rodgers, again, going back to this, as much as it hurts me to say, he's one of the best to ever play the game ever the best to ever play the position. And I know that the, the, the guys on that team want to play with him for one more year, whether or not that means that he's sticking around for the long haul or not. Um, you know, I, again, he's not my favorite person, but, but, you know, players follow, you know, they, 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 they would step back and say, Hey, the best, one of the best is coming back to play the game with us. We got this opportunity. Let's, let's take advantage of it. And uh, I mean, one, one of the things that kind of struck me is with all the talk of green Bay and the kind of, you know, the last dance with Rogers and, uh, and Adams, I, I do kind of think that maybe the Vikings, uh, have been overlooked a bit in terms of when you think about how um, how disrupted their season was last year. Um, they finished up seven and nine, but they lost so many close games. That seven and nine could have been, could have been nine and seven, so they they could have easily um, got ahead of the Bears. I think uh, I think you played the Bears in about week fourteen or fifteen, and it was a uh, you played the Vikings. It was a really really tight game, and it was just one week where. Cousins or Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson didn't show up. And I think you just sneaked a really narrow win and, and that got you in the playoffs ahead of them. But when you look at like, you know, the kind of pattern with Zimmer where I think 2015, 17, 19, they made the playoffs and then 14, 16, 18, 20, they missed out. It's kind of like should be a year where the Vikings challenge and, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, an improved offensive line. Uh, I think they've got loads of defend, defensive players back. They had some terrible injuries last season. Anthony Barr, I think, played two games and then was out for the season. Kendricks missed the second half of the season. So I kind of really feel the Vikings are going to be pushing. Um, and I think that people, particularly if you look at the betting lines, people are overlooking them now that Rogers is back and the focus of the attention. Well, Daniil Hunter... I mean, he yeah. wasn't on the roster last season. Um, him coming back 
mean, that that guy is a monster. He's probably the best d- defender that they have on that team. And so, you know, when you're losing your your best player on defense, that, that'll tend to do it. Um, you know, I think Dalvin Cook is incredible, and they, they find great ways to, to use him. Um, you know, I think, you know, of course, a little bit of bragging rights is that Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins have not played well against the Chicago Bears, but they are – I have a hard time saying Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's so Me streaky. Too. Yeah. He, he, I, I, that, that's not a guy that I would follow. And, and honestly, with, with what's going on with their COVID protocols right now, like, you know, how's that going to work right now? There's, there's literally one quarterback in, in the Vikings quarterback room that can play right now. Um, and, you know, so, so we'll see about that. I, I, I do, Steve, tend to agree with you that I think they're better than people think, but I also know that, that, uh, you know, that, that sometimes they lose games that they really should win. And, you know, that that's not necessarily a recipe. We'll, we'll see. I, I think that, um, oh my gosh, his name just totally, uh, their head coach. I, I Zimmer, don't know why. Mike Zimmer. I, Zimmer, Mike Zimmer. Thank you so much. I, I think he's a, he's a damn good coach. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of trust in him in Vikings land. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't dispute that at all. I definitely think that they could, they could surprise a few teams this season. I kind of also wonder whether having the fans back will help out the Vikings because I think they've got one of the most intimidating. I've, I don't know if you've you've been up there, but um, no. I, I've never I've never been, but it looks so intimidating. And inside the noise they generate that must have quite hurt them last season. Absolutely, very very much. I think, but I think most teams can say that, right? That mm. that not having fans in the stands was was hurting. But you're right, and in, in a dome stadium like that, definitely a, a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So I think we've finally come. To the Detroit Lions. I mean, you know, where, I mean, where do we start? I mean, this is, you know, there should be the, the peak of the, this conversation. What, what, what thoughts have you got on the, the Lions? That I mean, printable ones. Um, how, how do you think that we're going to fare this season? And, and, and give, give me your thoughts on the Dan Campbell um, regime. You guys know how to pick head coaches, head coaches that have uh, the most fascinating press conferences of anybody. Uh, you know, you've, you've got the, the ankle biter. You've got the please sit up and talk to me. Um, you know, going back to Jim Schwartz, man, he that's not a person I would like to have a beer with. Right. Uh, so as you guys have you've you like to have a beer coaches. with Matt Patricia. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. no, I would not. Um, It'd be so, a very quiet bear. But Caldwell, like Caldwell, that's a guy, like, I don't understand why you guys let him go. I feel like give him one or two more seasons and maybe that guy could have continued to turn the ship. Um, the one that gets me, and, and Steve really, truly, that I think about with the Lions is is Matt Stafford watching some Lions fans that were happy to see him go. I do not understand that in the slightest that I've actually seen a couple of fans say that they think Jared Goff will be better than Matt Stat. I, I am scratching my head. Like, have you watched Jared Goff play football? Um, so, so that one, I, I can, can you explain that to me? Can you explain the, 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 the optimism for Jared Goff? Well, I think if you, if you look purely at the statistics, the, there's actually not that much difference statistically between staff and Goff. However, obviously Stafford's been playing on a pretty poor Lions team and Goff's been playing for the Rams. Um, Goff obviously was drafted, you know, uh, drafted number one um, and, you know, had a poor first season, but then 2017 and 2018 put up some fantastic numbers. And let's 
not forget, got to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I mean, I know there's been some very average quarterbacks over the, the time that have got to a Super Bowl, but, you know, I mean, Goff did the business in those two seasons, but he's obviously had a fallout with McVay. I would imagine McVay is not someone you want to get on the wrong side of. You know, you see that chest puffed out on hard knocks. You know, this is this guy is, you know, the ego has landed with McVay. 100%. Uh, um, so, you know, I... I I, but I don't think he's as bad. So I don't think he's as good as people are making out based on the numbers. But I also don't think he's as bad as people are making out. I, I think he's a kind of Andy Dalton, probably ranked 18th, 20th in, in, in the quarterbacks. Um, so but anyone that says that Matt Stafford, you know, that we're glad to see him go is just talking out of shit. So I guess my next question is, so your your tight end that really busted onto the scene is Hawkinson. Hawkinson, yeah, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson. When he gets double teamed, who is Jared Goff gonna throw to? Because I'm almost forty years old, and I think I might be able to bust into your guys' starting wide receiver core. Sorry, Steve. I love you, man. But but, dude. I mean, I know when I heard the questions, where like when I see Lions fans online that are like, "You guys don't have anybody after Allen Robinson." I'm like, "You guys really are going to talk smack about our wide yeah, receiver uh, core?" I think the words "pot" and "kettle" spring to mind here. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's the kind of frustration is that. When, um, obviously with the draft, we potentially had a shot at Chase or Waddle or Devontae Smith, but, you know, they've, they've made that decision to go with Saul. And do you know what? I think it's a great decision. I think Saul will be an absolutely generational talent. Maybe not this season, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be with us for five, six, seven years. So very much in terms of how they've built with the O-line, I mean, it's already good with Decker and Ragnar are like, quality players so I think we're going to have a top 10 O-line and we've got DeAndre Swift um I know you're fond of him in in Chicago after his drop yes yes <laughs> sorry man hey uh, we're however, gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna be friends for almost every single game of the season except for two the one thing I'll say about Swift is after dropping that I think that was the first game of the season he drops the game winning pass but he didn't hide. I mean, like he was back week two and catching balls. So, you know, he came, that could have been career finishing if, if he'd like, he'd lost his confidence, but he came back. We've got Jamal Williams, who I think the Packers have made a mistake in terms of letting go because he looks a decent RB too. So I'm kind of like really excited about what they're doing with the offense. But I just think like if, if Golladay is going, keep Marvin Jones. Like, don't let Marvin Jones go as well. Um, and th- there must have been a way that we could have got a wide receiver in free agency that is better than Tyrell Williams, who's always injured, Brashard Perriman, who's had a really kind of like nothing career. It- it's just really worrying. And we-, we did draft a good guy called Aaron Ross St. Brown in the fourth or fifth round. But again, that's a big ask, asking him to step up and, and play slot and be as good as, say, like Golden Tate was a couple of years. I think we had Golden Tate, Golladay, and Marvin Jones Jr. only like two seasons ago. Oh, my God, how that wide receiver room has emptied out of talent. 
Well, Galladay especially, uh, I actually, I went to Northern Illinois University where he played. And so, you know, I, as an alumni, I actually watched the team pretty closely. And for okay. two seasons, NIU's offense was pass to Galladay, pass to Galladay, run, pass to Galladay, pass to Galladay, run. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I was thrilled to see you guys draft him. I mean that sincerely. Um, and I was really kind of surprised to see you guys let him walk. I mean, I understand you guys are, are building and developing, but, but that was, that's, that's a, that's a damn good receiver right there. And, and I think uh, when, whenever he's healthy, I mean, that the sky is the limit for him. Yeah. So um, I think that that's a real worry. And I think the other thing that we're worried about, I mean, I've been, talking shit about your secondary but our secondary <laughs> oh my lord oh <laughs> well our secondary our linebacker core our safety room i mean we we've invested loads in the in the defense and i think our defense line is going to be you know onzerike and aline mcneil and we've got aquara signed so i think i think they're going to be a lot better but they they need to create some pressure because the secondary is worrying yeah. And, 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 I, you know, I go back to my original point of, of Dan Campbell. I, I don't understand the hire, um, but friends that I, that I know and love that are, that are Lions fans seem to feel somehow some way that this one is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I don't know if I, if I heard the same thing about Matt Patricia. So I don't, I don't, you know, you, again, you guys, you, you, you have a head coaching, a head coaching hiring uh, question mark uh just again yeah I, th- I think the positive for us is i think he campbell seems to be like a real figurehead um but in terms of kind of the specialists like i mean anthony lynn was not a very good head coach with the chargers but you know he's been a really good coordinator i mean he, do not let him clock manage whatever you do but you know <laughs> he he is someone that i think is going to invigorate our offense and everyone is kind of, there's a real buzz about Aaron Glenn, the, the DC who's come from the Saints secondary, who's coached like Marshall and Lattimore. He seems to be a really good hire and there seems to be a confidence that he can get the job done on defense. But I mean, our defense was, for me, the worst defense I've ever seen last year. It was just abysmal. So, you know, it, it, the only way is up. I, I, I hope so. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun when we, uh, when we have a bit of rivalry, but it seems over the last, I don't know, 10 or so years that it's, it's either the lion's year or it's the bear's year. And it's, it's very rare that we, we split games anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we did this, this past season where it's, Hey, we're on top or you guys are on top. So we'll see what happens this season. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the game where we probably for lions fans, I think there were like two highlights. There was like for, of last season. I mean, well, Patricia getting sacked, that was one highlight. Um, the Todd Gurley touchdown that should never have been when he just lost his mind and fell over the goal line was hilarious. And then the Bears <laughs> game when we just sacked Patricia, Dow Bevel took over as the coach. And, you know, I think you always get that bounce when a hated head coach is, is gone and then the players just have the freedom to play. And I think it was unfortunate for the Bears that, you won the kind of receiving end that day. Uh, it was a shock. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I think we, we've kind of come accustomed to to the Bears, uh, especially in the Matt Patricia era. Um, for some reason, him deciding to switch to man coverage, uh, you know, which Mitch Trubisky was was great at. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it uh, 
in the NFL, you're going to win games you shouldn't, and you're going to lose games that you shouldn't. Uh, and I think Bears fans felt very strongly that that was a game that they shouldn't have lost that they did. Um, but hey, that that's why we watch. You you never know what's going to happen. So that we talked about the, the, all the teams. Do you want to have a go predicting? First of all, the, the the order and then the kind of record of, of each four teams in the NFC North. Let's say, looking back, last season, only the Packers had a winning record. So how, how do you think things are going to play out this season? Well, now that there's 17 games, it's there's no, there's no 500. It's either you have a winning record or you have a losing record. Uh, so I, I, with Aaron Rodgers coming back, I, I don't know how you can pick against Green Bay. Um, so, you know, I see them in the top spot and then, uh, and a tie for, for second place, I see Chicago and the Vikings. I think, uh, the Chicago will surprise a little bit. I think the Vikings will surprise a little bit and then, uh, bringing up the rear, I think the lions, but hear me out in this. And I mean this sincerely, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think the, the, the wins will come more towards the end of the season for you guys, um, in an upward trajectory. I think that, uh, you know, that, um, that, that at least seemingly from the outside that that players want to play for Dan Campbell. And that does a lot, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Just thinking about when Lovey Smith was first hired, you know, in that 2004 season, we're like, this isn't good. But all of a sudden you could start to see that things were trending upwards. And then 2005, 2006, you know, it's one of the the best Bears defenses uh, since the 85 Super Bowl. So, so do you think what what do you think the, the sort of records of the Vikings and the and the Bears will be? Do you think you'll you'll both squeak into the playoffs on what I don't know? Uh, what would that yeah, be? nine and eight, ten and seven. Well, yeah, exactly. So I've got I've got Green Bay at thirteen and four, and I've got mm-hmm. both the uh, Vikings and the Bears at nine and eight, and then I've got the Lions at five and twelve. What's the like the Vegas over under on the Bears next season? That's a great question, which I don't know the answer to. Um, I, again, I, I don't think there's I think the Lions. I think the Lions is five and a half. I'm not sure what the Bears was. Yeah, yeah I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I think nine and eight kind of feels certainly possible for the Vikings. I think, I think there's a lot more questions for the Bears than maybe the Vikings, because the Vikings is quite an established kind of roster. Um, I, I guess my kind of last question um, is is just on week one. So you you're going to the Rams. You've got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, looking down the barrel of those two guys. Do you think there's any way that they're going to put Fields in, or do you think putting them in in that situation on prime time Sunday night game? Do you think that would just be kind of like a suicide mission? One of the reasons why they drafted him is because he plays well in the biggest field. I mean, the, the guy has played in national championships. They're, the game isn't too big for him, mm-hmm. uh, but it's different when you're coming into the NFL. Uh, I think Andy Dalton, unless there's something crazy that happens in the preseason where uh, Justin Fields just lights it up in every single play um, and is just electric, uh, I, I think Andy Dalton is a starter. And, and honestly, as, as much as it pains me to say this, I think I kind of want that. I want Justin Fields to, to get in when he's ready. Um, you know, Aaron Donald, and this is crazy to say, he's probably the best player on defense in the entire NFL, um, or at least one of he hasn't played very well against the Chicago bears. He hasn't had a lot of sacks against the Chicago bears since they played it. I don't know what it is, uh, but Matt Nagy seems to have his number. And even Jalen Ramsey, a couple times, Darnell Mooney found his way past uh, Jalen Ramsey, but Mitch Trubisky couldn't get him the ball. So we'll be curious to see what happens. I still have the Rams winning that game, but um, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch and, and, and be cautiously optimistic about it. 
I mean, that's a baptism of fire for Tevin Jenkins as well. 100%. So so we'll see. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the, your, your week one starter, but um, I, I would hope that Matt Nagy would be smart enough to give him a whole lot of help if that was the case with a so, tight end, running back, something like that. So, so would you you'd be quite happy to see Fields maybe playing a few fourth quarters in, you know, by sort of week five, six, seven, but, but not starting at any point in the season? You, if, if, he, he, if he, yeah. If he earns that, I want him to play. Um, I think that the NFL rookie quarterback is not what it was 15, 20 years ago. Um, you watch, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, Jalen Hurts. A lot of these guys have come in as uh, rookies and have played really, really well. Um, obviously looking at Herbert, Justin Herbert, holy cow, he lit it up, uh, for the, for the chargers. Um, so it is possible if he, if he earns it, if he, if he is that guy, then yes, I want to see him play. I'm again, I've got a shirt on, right? Like, like the, the hype is real for You've committed this there. You fully committed. Yes. Yes. I, I haven't bought the Jersey yet. It's been in my inbox for a while and I'm like, I don't know if I should do it or not, but you know, I want to, I want to see him play. I want to see him do his thing. Um, I, I, I am, optimistic that this is the guy but i just don't want to see him thrown in before he's ready so who do you think will take more snaps this season justin fields or jordan love oh (laughs) uh justin fields absolutely (laughs) if you watch some of those passes at practice i mean you try not to judge too hard but woof that guy looks just awful um Mm -hmm. i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe they see something i don't but I, I just Jordan Love looks looks bad. He looks Ima- really imagine bad. Imagine being out there throwing the ball and you've got like Aaron Rodgers' eyes like boring <laughs> into you like lasers from the sideline. Jeez. You're not doing it good. You're not doing it well. Like every that's all he's hearing in his head every single time he throws the ball, right? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. An hour has flown by. Is there anything you would like to kind of plug or talk about um from a, a bear down point of view before we go? I, I would love for any of your listeners to, to give me a follow. I, I, I mean this sincerely, respectful back and forth banter. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not going to name call. We'll make fun of each other's teams, but I'm never going to ever make it personal. So at BDR Dengel, D-E-N-G-E-L, please give, give me a follow or, you know, just to see what's going on in Bears land. Um, anything that you want to see with what's going on. Um, and obviously we would love to have you guys on uh, on our podcast as, as we get close to that season. So stay Steve, just truly, uh, I love what you guys are doing over there. And I have an immense respect for the UK fans. Um, you know, uh, I think when I, when I first learned that there was such a passion by some of the UK fans, I thought, okay, but realizing that, that you guys know your stuff, you are just as passionate. Actually, I would say even more passionate because the hours that you guys have to wake up for the games and all those things, I just, I have an immense amount of respect for you guys and truly appreciate the the opportunity to be on your show, man. Thank you so much. No, we've really enjoyed having you. It's good to talk football. And um, yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to be a very interesting season and I'm sure we will speak again. So um, I hope you've enjoyed watching this. We are Royal the Lions. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit up our YouTube. Click that subscribe button. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Zero Dark 40 um, And check out my columns for NFL Scotland. And also I'll be writing the blog uh, for Royal the Lions. And I'll be talking um, NFC North all the way through. Thanks to Ryan. We'll speak soon. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, Steve.